Well, hello there, children. Welcome to Scatcast 43. I already hate it. Back the fuck off, Steve. Right, right. Scatcast presents the Nurse Fairy Rhymes Sam Hain. Huh? No. Sawin oh. Special. Nurse Fairy Rhymes Sawin Special. Whatever. So let's look at the table of contents of this bitch. Okay, first of all, Chitrits, how we feeling? Pizza. All right, shut your fucking chop pipes, Chitrits. Okay. We've skit scattered together five Nurse Fairy Rhymes you've probably never heard before. Yay. And they're all pretty fucked up. Yeah. All right, I promise not to play the fuck out of this theme song. Here we go. Sleep, sleep, little baby. Sleep, little baby, you sleep. Scatcast is here to harvest your fears and show you the horrors of life. It's Scatcast Nursery Rhymes. <laughs> really fairy tales, but whatever. Oh, my me, Chitrins. I hope you're sipping on some warm cocoa or firing up a dab rig, because you'll want some comforts in this weird story about talking animals. This one's called The Fox and the Horse, and it's from the Brothers Grimm, who obviously fucking hated Chitrins like you. Let's scar ourselves emotionally forever. Once upon a time, a peasant man. I will be playing the role of the peasant man. All right, we're off to a bad start with the fourth wall. Oh, they can't see me. Oh, one day they might be able to. Will you shut up? Yeah, yeah, peasant man. All right, so once upon a time, a peasant had a faithful horse, which had grown old and could do no more work. Yeah, I'm kind of tired. Well, you've outlived your usefulness to me. Wait, what? The horse asked talkingly. You heard me, but I've been plowing your fields for ten years. Yeah, well, what have you done for me lately? So the man stopped feeding the horse. Uh, yeah, my food thing's empty. Get a job, you ingrate! And after a few days of an empty belly, the horse started to think, fuck that peasant cunt, and he confronted his master. So I'm just farming equipment to you. The horse said with a tear in his eye. Oh, no. Oh, good. You're worse, because farming equipment doesn't shit everywhere. Well, it's not like I can help it. But the old man's heart warmed a bit. Look, horse, you're of no more use to me. Yeah, I got that. It's mainly because the economy. I mean, these sons of bitches in government. Oh, I hear you. They sneaky tax us with the inflation. Man, it's a tax on the poor. It really is, so I can't afford to feed you. Fuck me. Yep. Well, government will get it right next time, I'm sure. Oh, certainly. We should definitely spend a lot of energy voting and trying to get people to vote. That's important. Why, it's the answer to all our problems. No matter. You gotta go. Where? The housing market sucks. Look, I don't mean any ill will to thee. Whatever, man. I heard you talking to the glue guy. You weren't supposed to hear that. I'm sorry I have really good ears. I can hear you taking a shit, too. Yikes, that's rather off putting. I'm pretty sad about this. All right, all right. I'll give you a chance. If you can prove that you're strong enough to bring home a lion. A lion. A lion. Then I'll bring you back in and I'll figure out a way to pay for you. A fucking lion? Yeah, but until then, get the fuck out of here. The man said as he pointed off his property, and off his property the horse went. And clippity-cloppy, clippity-clopped way out into the open country. I feel bad for me. And he clippity-clopped into the forest to seek a little protection from the rain. Kick me out in the middle of a monsoon. And with that, a little fox crept up and said, Why dost thou hang thy head so and go about all alone? And the horse responded, I know what some of those words were. Why are you sad in the forest by yourself? Ah, my former owner's a cunt and kicked me out. Why would he do such a thing? Well, I'm old and tired. Well, I could see that, but he could sell you to the glue factory. I mm. mean, that's the obvious thing. Whoa. So they stared at each other awkwardly for a moment. Then the horse said, my former master forgot all the shit I've done for him over the years and he just kicked me out. Wow, he didn't even give you a chance? Yeah, I worked for him for a decade. Wow. And can I tell you something? Sure. Can I be honest? Yes. He brushed me like shit. For ten years. Just went through the motions. That can be pretty biting on one's confidence. Yeah, man, is it my fault? Well, I just met you. Whatever. He did give me a chance, so check this shit out. I am here for you. He said he'd pay for me if I could bring home a lion. Okay. I couldn't have done that in my prime. So he set you up to fail. He left me to die. Well, check this out. Just by coincidence, I know a piece of shit-ass fucking lion. Okay. I'm gonna help you. I have a plan. Why would you help me? We just met. Your story has moved me. I have been moved. Okay. So all you have to do is just lie thyself down, stretch thyself out as if thou wert dead, and do not stir. I can do that. And so he did that. How long do I have to lay here for? Oh, it's gonna be a bit. Well, there's already some buzzards kind of circling. Oh, that's perfect. I wouldn't describe it that way. And so the fox went pitty-pat. I do not make that sound. So what does the fox sound like? 
Uh, All right. Well, I'm both sorry I asked and, you know, slightly aroused. Whatever. And so the fox went to the lion's den not far off. And the fox said to the lion, Lion dude, are you in there? Oh, like growl, bro. I'll come out here. I've got a present for you. Oh, what's up, dude? There is a freshly dead horse just lying outside just over that ridge. Oh, tight, dude. If you come with me now, you can eat it. Oh, thanks, fox, bro. And so the lion went with him. And when they were both standing by the horse, the fox said, There you go, a dead horse, just like I promised. Are you sure he's freshly dead? He stinks something awful. Hey, fuck you, the horse thought. Bro, I'm gonna eat his ass. But the fox was like, Yikes, you should probably eat its ass, like, at your house or something, you know? Oh, yeah. And the lion thought about it. Oh, I could eat ass and play Xbox. And so the lion agreed. And the fox's plan continued to unfurl. Check out this plan, lion. The lion leaned in to listen. Let me back up a little bit. Oh, yeah, sorry, dude. Here's what I can do for you. I'm gonna tie that horse to your tail and you can drag him back to your cave. I'm gonna eat that horse's ass and play fucking Xbox, bro. That sounds like a fucking Friday night, doesn't it? Oh, shit, yeah. And the lion was pleased by this. And he lay down in order that the fox might be tied to him. And all this time, the horse did his part and stayed still and quiet. Why the fuck am I trusting a fox? He thought to himself nervously. But the fox really did think that lion sucked. And instead of fastening the horse's tail to the lion's tail, he tied the lion's legs together with the horse's tail. And this fox was a fucking eagle scout. Oh, yeah. So he twisted and fastened that shit so well it would never come off. That ought to do. Oh, dude, you should come to my house and play Xbox. Yeah, I don't fucking think so, asshole. Are you still mad at me for eating your family? Yes. Well, they didn't taste good. And with that, the fox tapped the horse on the shoulder and said, Pull, you old fucking horse, pull. Oh, shit. And the horse oh. sprang at once and drew the lion away with him. <laughs> and the lion cursed so loudly that all the birds in the forest were embarrassed for it. But the horse let him roar. And he drew him and dragged him over the countryside to his master's door. Hey, fuck ass. And when the master saw the lion, he said, What the fuck am I gonna do with a lion? And he also said, How do you even keep and store a lion? But the horse said, Will I accomplish your impossible task, dickhead? Alright, you can have your old room back. I'm fucking hungry, too. Or what am I supposed to do with a lion? I don't know, this was all your dumb idea. Oh, my back hurts really bad, dude. And the fox said, the end. I don't know what to think about that one either, Chitron. What happened to the lion? Oh, I'm getting a note here. Uh, looks like they turned him into a rug and sold the meat to the Coast Guard. So what the fuck were the morals of this? At this point, we know that you shouldn't trust talking animals. I guess the moral here is always trust strangers. Bye, Chitron. Hey, it's Gunner Halifax and Lieutenant Sightsev here. Hello, case, whatever. And we're here to tell you all about the merch store. Yes, you can buy things like the stickers. Yeah, you can put the Gunner Halifax logo wherever you want. There is also a puzzle of the ship, the spades. Yeah, you kind of fly that thing sometimes. I'm the pilot. Yeah, no Nobody's clear what you actually do. Right, well, there is also the t-shirts. And the sweatshirts. And there is the coffee mug. And there's even movie poster style t-shirts. You don't be fucking of the sayings. Someone even designed a swimsuit around that shit. Well, I am Spings wanting to spend the rubles. Well, there's no better... Rubles? What? There's no better place to spend your hard-on credits. Wait, did I say hard-on? You totally yeah. said hard-on, Captain. Yeah, I heard him say hard-on. Shit, fuck-ass, goddammit. What, I'm filming a commercial, too? Whatever, scatcast.com, there's a merch store, you'll find it. Gunner Halifax stuff. I'm buying my friends Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle stuff this year. All right, well, fuck us then. Yep. Hello again. To help make life both more confusing and frightening, we brought you Chitron some more Brothers Grimm. And it sure is grim as fuck, ain't it? Talking animals and people dying. There's tons of that shit in this one. Except for this time, there's a fucking talking sausage. Yep. Talking sausage. Once upon a time, a mouse, a bird, and a sausage formed a partnership. I'm a polyamorous mouse. I'm in love with the mouse and the sausage. The bird said, well, I love both of you. The fucking sausage said somehow, well, get over it. All right. Well, they kept house together, and for a long time, they lived in peace and prosperity, and they acquired many 
many possessions. Look at all that cool shit. The bird would say. We make a great team. The mouse would concur. Well, I'm a sausage. The fucking sausage said. You need to get over it. Fuck you, sausage. Now, the bird's task was to fly into the forest every day to fetch wood. And the mouse carried water. And also made the fire and set the table. And the fucking sausage did the cooking. I just lay in the pot and season it all. Pretty sure the brothers Grimm were on mushrooms. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, as the old saying goes, I guess, whoever is too well off always wants to try something different. Yeah. Is that why Richard Branson jumped off the moon or something? Yeah. I digliserate. One day, while the bird was out doing bird shit, it met another bird doing similar bird shit. Hey, you're a bird like me. Eh? Hey, yuck. Yeah, what are you? Hey, I'm a woodpecker. Hello. Hey, hey what are you coming on to me? Hey, whatever. Why are you collecting wood? This sort of riled up the purple feathered bird. I don't have to explain myself to you. And after explaining how it was morally superior to the other bird, they went on to explain its living situation with the mouse and the fucking sausage. Hey, what do you mean you live with the sausage? Eh? He's actually a great roommate. He's a piece of meat. I'm with the woodpecker. And the woodpecker criticized the purple feathered bird. And the purple feathered bird got a whole bunch of other little birds together. And they tweetily, tweetily, tweeted. Until the woodpecker bird was shamed by this community. The end. I guess what? Is that not how it goes? Quit being a dingleberry. Shut up, Dave. You're not in this. Just read the script. So the woodpecker criticized the purple feathered bird. And there was no tweet mob. And the woodpecker was like, Why do you live with the mouse and the sausage? I don't know. And this made the purple feathered bird think. They're shitting on you. My roommates are taking advantage of me. And you know what? They sure as fuck were. This is nice. I'm a sausage. For after the mouse had made the fire and carried the water, it could just chill. I'm gonna just chill. And they could sit in the parlor and rest until it was time for them to sit the table. It's a good partnership. And of course there was a fucking sausage. I'm a sausage. Who just laid around in a pot because he's a fucking sausage. I'm in charge of watching the food cook. Talking sausage breaking the fourth wall like a cunt. You cunty fourth wall breaking talking sausage. I'm a sausage. The only job of the sausage was to slither itself on top of the meal to flavor it for these other two fucking animals. Weird. I taste delicious because I'm a sausage. Soon after the gross sausage seasoning, the bird would bring its load of wood home. I brought the wood. And they would eat their meal together and then they'd go to bed and have, you know, mouse on bird on sausage sex. I'm a sausage. It was a great life. Fuck you for judging them. But the bird was thinking about the advice from the other bird. Maybe that woodpecker was right. The purple feathered bird thought. Maybe I need to switch it up. So the next day, the bird refused to go to the forest. I've been your servant for too long. I'm no longer gonna be a bitch. And the mouse and the fucking sausage were scared. Oh, don't be mad. Come to Papa. I'm not mad. The purple feathered bird explained. I just think everyone should try a different task for a change. And when the mouse and the stupid fucking sausage argued against this, the bird threatened to squawk very loud. Man. And the mouse and the fucking sausage submitted. Oh, I'm scared. Me too, sausage. Now the jobs were different. The mouse became the cook. The bird was to carry the water and set the table. And the sausage was to fetch the wood. Well, I'm a fucking sausage. And you might be wondering what the result was. Well, they started out doing what they were supposed to do. The bird made the fire. Well, that was fucking easy. And the mouse put on the pot and waited for the sausage to return with the wood for the day. I knew it. Both of you fucking cunts have easy-ass jobs while I'm out there working. Please don't be mad. Right, so as you know, there's a sausage walking around in the forest. I'm just a sausage. However, the sausage stayed out so long that the other two feared something bad had happened. Oh. And indeed, something bad really did happen. And the purple feathered bird took off towards the forest. I'll go find it. A short distance away, he came upon a dog that had seized the sausage as free booty. Help him, a sausage! Hey, shut up. The dog said with a mouth full of sausage. The bird came down and complained loudly. Hey, my friend, there is not a dog tree. Stop eating me. And the dog was like, It's a fucking sausage. I am a sausage. Yeah. Knowing that the bird couldn't tackle no dog, the bird flew away as she listened to her friend and lover being eaten by the dog. Fuck. When she returned home, she told the mouse what had happened. Not our sausage. I'm sorry. And they were very sad to lose their fucking sausage, sausage. But they were determined to stay together and make the best of it. So the bird set the table and the mouse prepared the food. And the mouse being a dumb fuck, not knowing anything about cooking, the mouse jumped into the boiling pot and fucking died. Oh God, why? And in its panic, the purple feathered bird flapped wildly. Then they stubbed their toe on the table. Ouch, I made a candle fall to the ground. Oh, fuck. And then the house caught on fire. Oh, fuck. And as a 
purple feather bird rushed to the well to get water. It slipped on a poop the dog had left made of the sausage. That fell into the well and drowned. Everybody died. You're welcome to the end. Let's see if we can discover the moral of the story, shall we, Chitwitz? Okay. Obviously, never try new things. Okay. Maybe try not to be in too serious of a relationship with sausage. Okay. And also, you should always clean up your dog's poop. Ew. See you next time, Chitwitz. Everybody's dying. Hey, it's Liam the Monster Slayer. It's Liam the Monster Hunter. It's not Liam the Monster Murderer. It kind of is. Yeah, it definitely is, Liam. Shut the fuck up, horse. I don't think I haven't been paying attention. Fuck. Whatever, it's Liam from Shirington Shireville. I was knighted by a drunken dipshit. Whatever. Liam here to tell you that Marnie is stupid. All government's stupid, Liam. Don't fucking start with us, horse. Seriously, you ass. Liam here to tell you about the merch at the scatcast.com merch store for Liam the Monster Hunter. Yeah, we've got posters. Is it really a poster? I think there is. There's pigeons. Of Destiny stuff. Yeah, the best selling Pigeon of Destiny t shirt. Or you can drink from the best selling Pigeon of Destiny mug. Don't forget about the best merch item of all. That's right, this winter you gotta cozy up and get your Marnia map blanket. This ain't some cheesy ass shit. Well, it's not printed on the blanket, it's printed in it like magic. Mappity babbity! Whoops. Is my fucking hair on fire? Hey. Wizard, you just set the horse's hair on fire. He's not a horse, he's part centaur. Yeah, well, my hair's still on fucking fire. Well, Alright, well, we gotta deal with that. But before the holiday rush, you can go to scatcast.com Ow. and check out all the Liam the Monster Hunter gear. Ow. We put the map on underwear Burn. and on a bikini, and there's even special South Demon Guard City shit. But there's nothing new. We didn't make anything new. This is just, you know, old shit. It's a year's worth of Liam the Monster Hunter fucking shit. I know you outsold everything but the map. I know you're the number one t-shirt. Fuck. Oh. You guys shut the fuck up up there. We're trying to sleep. Yeah, we're trying to sleep. I'm not sleeping. Okay, well, bum plugins is frying balls, but the rest of us are trying to sleep. Yeah, shut up, Applebee's. You've said that one before, cunt. Anyway, support the show, scatcast.com, or for extra content, several episodes of the Inside Scooper have Liam the Monster Hunter shorts. Several. Yeah, Patreon.com forward slash scatcast. Bibbity. Here we go again, Chitrins. It's been a hot minute since we talked about a beautiful princess or some dumb fucking king that treats his daughter like some sort of property. These are all just fairy tales, but goddamn, our history is terrible on every square inch of the planet. It's more Brothers Grimm with old rink rank. That sounds creepy and lecherous. Once upon a time, there was a king. I am the king. And he had a beautiful, beautiful daughter. Surprise, it's me again, bitches. And the king loved his daughter so much that for some reason he built a glass mountain. I didn't build it per se, I paid for it. This dude wasted billions of the taxpayers' dollars to build a glass mountain. Fuck him. And said that whosoever could cross to the other side of it without falling eh? should have his daughter in marriage. What eh? the fuck, dad? What, I'm just flexing? Nobody's gonna get over the mountain. I'm not your fucking property. I'm the king. Everything's my property. And so, as you can imagine, this made dating for the princess quite difficult. Your majesty? What is it, handmaiden? Another one of your suitors died. Oh, pectoral muscles died? Yeah. You see the size of those fingers? Yeah. Part of me's glad he died. But then one day a suitor came who truly loved the king's daughter. I swear it's not just for her money and her kick-ass boobs. Right, so that guy's the suitor. Yeah, they probably got that. This dude was handsome, too. He looked like Fabio, you know, riding a white horse. You know, I appreciate that. How do you get your teeth that white in medieval times? It looks like everybody else just pisses in their mouth. Yeah, I really don't know how to answer that. Right, whatever. So, Sir Handsome came up to the king and he said, What's up, Mr. Divine Government? Mm. I want to marry your daughter. Well, I'm certain that could be arranged. Excellent. I'll give you six goats for her. Six goats? Cheap-ass schmuck? No, you have to climb over a glass fucking mountain. What the fuck are you talking about? The giant glass mountain. Look, you can fucking see it through the window. Oh, you built that shit? My goodness. Yeah, you have to climb over to the other side of that without falling, and then you can marry my daughter. Oh, you're going to be father-in-law of the year, aren't you? Yeah, take it or leave it, Bob. But the princess was smitten by this man. He is my best chance of getting the fuck out of here, that's for sure. She said, not really digging the circumstances. Fuck no. She was so interested in getting the fuck out of that castle with this dude that she said, Look, Sir Handsome, I'm going to go up there with you. I'll help you get across that fucking mountain. And the king replied, Whoa, 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 whoa. This mountain kills a lot of people. And she looked him right in the face and said, I am going up that mountain with this fucking dipshit.
ship. And there was an awkward silence for a moment, but the king acquiesced and off they went. Now imagine trying to climb up the Luxor in Las Vegas, but with billy goats and snow and shit. I could not believe my dad built this just to fucking keep me from dating. Yeah, it's a billion dollar chastity belt, so I'm looking forward to, you know, him being my father-in-law. What an ass. Well, at least he cares. Oh, yes, my chastity's intact while the entire fucking kingdom starves. I mean, are his priorities skewed? I don't know. You're gonna be a hell of a dictator one day, aren't you? Well, I've been training my whole life for this. And in that moment, the princess slipped. Oh, no. And she fell into one of the mini glass mountain precipices. Shit. I'm fucked. And he panicked as he looked for her. But the mountain seemed to open up and swallow her. Oh, my God. The handsome knight lamented. Uh, the king is going to separate my beautiful, beautiful head from my beautiful, beautiful neck. And when the king learned of his daughter's fate at the hand of the mountain he built for her, he said to the young man, If you don't get my fucking daughter back immediately, I'm going to separate your handsome fucking head from your handsome fucking neck. Yeah, I was thinking you would probably say that. So they sent many expeditions up the mountain, precisely retracing Sir Handsome's steps. But the king had hired a crazy-ass wizard to build a mountain, so it almost seemed to act as if it had a mind of its own. You better figure out a way to get in there or I'm gonna fucking kill you. Yeah, your majesty, this is a Wendy's. Right, give me a Baconator. Meanwhile, the king's daughter, who we're gonna call Judy, she had fallen very deep into the earth and she found herself in a dark, dank-ass cave. What is that smell? Oh, you landed near my toilet. A voice said from out of the darkness. Who are you? Said the startled princess. I'm old Rink Rank the wizard and this is my mountain. Goddamn, that's a long beard you got, bro. She said as she watched the wizard trip a few times over his own face hair. I was trying to make something else longer, he said creepily. Oh, great. Well, can you let me go now? <laughs> No. The old man had no intention of letting her go. Why the fuck not? Well, here's a twist, lady. I'm evil. I see. So here's your two options. I'm listening. I can kill you. Already leaning against that one? Or you can be my servant and do everything I ever tell you to do. So my life is hell now. All you've ever known is joy compared to what awaits. You don't know me. The thirst inside the rink rake's mind. Your toil will satiate. What the fuck does that mean? Look at this place. It's a mess. I'm shitting in the corner. I need some help. You gotta help me clean. Whatever. And so she went to work. She scrubbed and mobbed and organized shit. Gross. He had her grinding shit out with toothbrush. Brushes, and every morning he would take a magic ladder out of his pocket and set it up against the mountain and climb to the top. And then he would draw the ladder up after him. And each night the princess would cook his dinner and make his bed and do all his work, even his taxes. How many spider eggs does a fucking guy need? Stay out of my personal affairs. Every day the wizard would leave. He would use the magic ladder, take it with him, then return with a heap of gold and silver. And in the blink of an eye, years had passed and the youth of the princess had faded oh. and the life of hard work had begun to show and she could feel it in her bones. Oh, my fucking back. She had no idea how many decades she'd been there, but she was at the point in her life where this made sense. God damn it, I sneezed when I was in bed and I dislocated my hip. Now the wizard had taken to calling her Mother Mansra. Stop fucking calling me that. And she called him old stinky rank rank. You know that eating poop is not a substitute for toothpaste, right? And so their relationship went. And every day the princess dreamed of escape. But again, the mountain was like magic and shit to the point it felt like sentient and made her feel uncomfortable just about everywhere she was. Hey, mountain, are you watching me poop right now? No. Mountain. <laughs> and so the pattern continued. The wizard would leave and go swindle people or whatever the fuck he did. And she would make the bed and wash his dish and clean all the shit. And in all the rooms of the mountain, there was only one window where light could shine in. It was the bathroom window, and she dreamt of escape through it. Now on this day, old Rink Rank came home, and he knocked on the door, and he said, Mother's man's rot! Open the door for me! And unlike every other day, she said, Go fuck yourself, you old creepy cunt. I will not open the door for thee. The wizard was surprised. But we have such a happy life together. He pleaded. The fuck we do? You could have let me out at any point. You're a kidnapping psychopath. Was her retort. Yeah. Unable to see himself in such a light, he said, Here I am, poor Rink Rank. I must have been dean long, long shank shanks on my weary worn out feet i would like something to eat and i'm really hoping that you did the dishes oh my god i fucking did the dishes but once again rink rank threw down the beats here i am poor rink rank i must have been dean long long shank shanks on my weary worn out feet i would like something to eat then i really hope you picked up all the dog poop no we talked about that i refuse to do that they are your fucking dogs and they don't even like me i mean the fucking no and so he brought back the beat here 
here I am, poor rink rank. I must have been feeding long, long shank shanks. On my weary, worn out feet, I would like something to eat. And I actually need in to use the bathroom. Whatever, piss your pants, I don't care. So I gave up asking and went around to the bathroom window. I could probably fit in that shit. And the wizard tried to squeeze his dumb head through the window. God damn it. But his big bushy beard was too big and bushy. But he was stubborn as fuck. Let me in the fucking house, I gotta piss. But the princess quickly ascended upon him. And she tied his beard to the toilet and the sink and shower. Ow, what the fuck are you doing? I've cleaned this bathroom for the last fucking time. The wizard cried pitifully for he was stuck. Please let me go, let me go. He said, tugging painfully. Not until you give me the magic ladder so I can get the fuck out of here. And he did. And then she punched him right in his fucking face. Ow, my beard. And she used the magic ladder to ascend the fuck out of that cave. And although it had been decades inside the cave, when she reached the surface, she became the age she was when she had fallen in. Oh, fuck yeah. And she ran to the castle. And she went to her father and told him all that had happened to her. Yeah, you fell in like three days ago. He said non-believingly. He's a fucking wizard. You hired a wizard to make the mountain and he's been keeping me captive for dozens of years. The king was so happy to see her, it didn't matter. I'm just so happy you're alive. Yeah, I'm happy you're alive too, said her suitor who had his head in a guillotine. Is it cool if I come out of here, please? Not yet. I was still gonna have some kids come by and throw some rocks and cabbages at your face. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's for charity. Oh, that's good. And after he was cabbage stoned, he was released so that they could go up the mountain and look for that old rink ring. And the magic mountain had everyone's stump. How the fuck do we get in this thing? And then the princess had an idea. Wait a minute, this mountain is made of glass, right? Yeah, the finest glass. Well, it's not like bulletproof glass, is it? I thought about it, but that would have cost like three times as much. Okay, well, couldn't we just break the glass? Eureka, the king thought. And so they broke the glass, and they found old rink rank tied to the toilet by his beard. And they seized his gold and silver. And the surprise twist is that instead of marrying the guy she was supposed to, she married her super hot handmaiden Velveeta. And they scissored each other on tops of piles of gold and silver happily ever after. The end. All right, then. Morals to the story. Uh, parents don't own their chitrins, even if they love them lots. But they do get to tell you what to do, chitrins. Sorry. You're too stupid to be let out on your own. What else we got? Government can't be trusted to spend money wisely. And it's also good to punch old people. See you next time. Hey, Script Keeper here. Hope you're enjoying the Scatcast Presents the Nurse Fairy Rhymes Saw One Special. No, I thought you were an atheist. I am, but I'm also a contrarian, so whatever. Why are you this way? I don't know. Both my parents were weird. Yikes. But I just popped in to say thank you to all my awesome, awesome bosses in the litter box. Patreon.com forward slash Scatcast. I mean, I decided to do a daily podcast throughout the work week, and you know, here we are. You did this to yourself, and no one asked yep. you yep. to do it. I know. Yep. I know. Remember that. I know, but now because of these folks. Asking for money again. No, I'm thanking these people for their money. Thank you to all the litter mates. One dollar. To the scat cats. Five dollars. To the inside scoopers. Ten dollars. To the alley cats. Twenty dollars. And to our fat cats, Matthew Pernar and Jason Clayser. One hundred dollars a month. Much love and respect as we go through the holiday season together. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. All right, back to Scatcast presents the Nurse Fairy Rhymes Saw One Special. It's Scatcast Nursery Rhymes. <laughs> really fairy tales, but whatever. Well, we're not sure this one can be called any of those things. Garbage fire shitstorm from hell is possible, but in Scatcast Nurse Fairy Rhymes, anything's fucking possible. We call this story The Blood Shirt and the Beast. And it comes from brothers Tim and Steve. It was Tim and, Tim and Steve did it. This one's gonna suck real bad. Once upon a time, there was a red shirt named Nine. <sighs> and he had found himself aboard a spaceship that had gone rogue. Now, over the course of the last several weeks, many a crew member wearing the same color shirt as he had disappeared while on board. There were whispers of a monster living in the rafters. I heard it's a xenomorph. One of the twelve identically cloned red shirts said to number nine. No, a xenomorph would have killed us all by now, responded number nine. I heard the monster is the creature that owns this fucking freaky ass flying hotel, said number three. His blood red shirt shimmering with that nice black strap right around the neck. We do look sharp. Oh yeah, sharp as fuck. And the clones proceeded to laugh at each other's jokes because they're stupid. But number nine was a little different from the others. Some say they used too much clone goo. Some say not enough, but he seemed to think for himself. And one night, he just decided to wake up and walk to a restricted area and go inside. The fuck's in here? And immediately upon entry, number nine could feel his blood turn to ice, mainly because the security systems in 
that room were designed to turn blood to ice. Fuck. He'd entered a room like he'd never seen on the ship before. He was assigned janitorial duties half the day, but this was a room he wasn't allowed to clean. What the fuck is this place? He said to his little floating robot buddy. <laughs> the robot said in random gibberish. Whoa, what are these tubes? The red-shirted man scanned the scene. There were rows and rows of giant glass vats filled with bodies. It's like a nightmare. It wasn't cloning, for in each vat there was a different species of creature. Holy shit. There were Bringles and Boozles and Flab Gun Lords and Smoozles and Dick Bickles and Bubbity Bickwids. And they also had a Wookiee, plus four Gungans, a Rodarian, three Vulcans, and a Guawuld. Wow. Although the red shirt had seen a lot, this can't be legal. He feared to go any further in the giant room. Hey, D1X, take a wave of this room so we have evidence. What do you mean, wave technology shielded? And I guess that was kind of a robot insult. Hey, basically said that your poop is your brains. Great. Right, ignore me. Right. And as the room started to kind of growl at him, he got the fuck out and headed back towards his barracks. What the fuck was all that, D1X? He asked his little droid buddy as he stopped by the bathroom. The droid said about his mother, Whatever. That was fucking nightmare fuel in there. Now you say that every time I go to the bathroom. I don't leak, you leak. Yeah, yeah, fly to the navigator. That movie's from the 80s. Right, so I don't know what's going on there, but suddenly, a sound startled him. What is that, D1X? But the little fucking droid flew the fuck out of the room. The D1X! The bathroom shook, and the three little seashells fell off the shelf. But then it stopped. He quickly put his dick away. That's definitely gonna stain. And he hustled back to his barracks. Nine, where have you been? Asked clone number four from his bunk. I was just going to the bathroom. Nine said, crawling into his bunk under four. Dude, I've been in the bathroom like four or five times. You've not been in there. Four said accusatorily. Look, can you keep a secret, four? Nine said to four, with his sparkling red jammies on. Just tell me where you were, four said to nine. This ship has a secret laboratory on it. Nine said as he explained the huge vats filled with creatures. Dude, how could you go into a restricted area? Number four said, jumping to the floor. What? Security on this ship is stupid. Nine said as he sat up. It makes us all look bad if you fuck up. Number four said, putting his finger in number nine's chest. Back the fuck up, four, or I will knock that beautiful grin off that beautiful face. And as the clones got louder, the others gathered around. What the hell are you guys doing? Number three asked in his little red boxers. I'm glad you're all here, number nine said as he turned to face them. We're trying to sleep, you fuck ass. Number eleven said because he definitely wasn't made with enough goo. I went into a restricted room on the ship, and there's a crazy fucking lab in there, he said to the eleven identical faces looking back at him. You sound defective, dude, said number six. I'm serious, there's monsters in there? And then I was in the bathroom and something is loose. He said, grabbing one of his fellow red shirts who was wearing a red waff beater. Dude, let go of me. Number like, who cares, seven said, I don't know. Wait, so you're saying there is a monster loose? One of those cunts said, I mean there were vats that had nothing in them, he speculated. But the vents when I was in the bathroom, I think there's something killing red shirts. And the red shirts gathered and they discussed, because they had all felt the same thing. Something's wrong with this place. It's like haunted or something. There really is a monster. Uh, maybe we're the monsters. Shut the fuck up, too. What? And then again, they laughed at each other's jokes because they're cunts. You guys have to listen to me. We have to get off the ship. The look in number nine's eyes was something they all could recognize, because it was all their faces, too. Well, isn't this something we can tell the captain? Number 10 said as he picked shit out of his teeth with a toothpick. Dude, none of us have even ever seen the captain before. Number 4 said, we still should report it. Shut the fuck up, too. Fuck you, Eleven. Fuck me, I'll fuck you. Fuck yeah, break it up. Break it up. <laughs> and the clones started making out because they're highly attracted to each other because they look like each other and they're very narcissistic. Alright, we're clones after a Garthonian warlord slash actor, so I mean, yeah. it's fun. Yeah, have you seen this bone structure? Mm -hmm. Yeah, look at these fucking teeth, bro. <clears throat> even in the future, you can't pay for these teeth. I have no idea what clones said, what, who cares. But after the meeting of the minds of the clones, they eventually took their little red shirt asses and went to bed. And as they all dreamt their little stupid synchronized dreams, a creature crept. <laughs>
A creature so hideous that a person would vomit with terror and through their fright be paralyzed and choke on that vomit and die. I guess that's happened several times. And as the creature approached his bed, number nine woke up and he looked over to see. Holy fuck. Hello. It's kind of a weird combination of a bug, a reptile, some sort of rodent, and also a beer keg. Did you go into my lab? The fugly monster said. What? Number nine was in shock, but he noticed that all of his other fellow clones were still asleep. Please don't kill me. Oh, sorry. Lights on. And the room lit up. And the red shirt was even more frightened at the sight of the monster. Okay, no, it's me. I'm the captain of the ship. Eh? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, sir. Hey, did you go into my lab? Uh, uh, yes, sir. And I guess Captain Dr. Smoggy hey. put his gangly little paw on top of the man's shoulder. Hey, don't worry. Your Captain Smoggy's not angry at you. He said it's not dripped from his nose and also from this little hole in his neck. Hey, 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 hey. Oh, oh, God. You know, in a way, you have chosen yourself to be first. Eh? Dr. Smoggy dripped. And then Dr. Smoggy <laughs> proceeded to eat every single clone in the room because that was what the whole point was. Those clones were also inside Dr. Smoggy's lab. Bow, bow, Dr. Schmogie? Yes, little Billy from Earth. What is it? What was all that screaming? Oh, I was just in my lab. I was having a snack. Now, why did you come back to Earth for me? Oh, little Earth Billy. Your story barely had a beginning, eh? I mean, you took me into space and scared the shit out of me. Hey, what if I told you that you were the last starfighter, eh? What? I'm going to take you to Space Academy. To where? It's on Mars. I teach on Mars. Eh? Uh, space Academy? Yeah, space Academy. You learn how to do space shit, eh? Okay. So that you can learn how to be the last starfighter, eh? I don't know. Why? Why, why me? Because you're good at video games and your father is Gunnar Halifax. Okay. Also because, fuck yeah, let's do this shit. Do what? Book of Smokey is doing Last Starfighter. Okay. You got this shit, Billy. Please stop shaking You're me. the Last Starfighter, Billy. <laughs> All right, citizens. I don't know what the moral of that was, or the point, or who the heroes were. And that certainly wasn't a nursery rhyme or a fairy tale. I mean, it was in space, so and there's no magic, just killing, just pointless killing. Next time, children. Next time. Dr. Smokey is waving us. Put him up on the screen, Lieutenant Bambi. It's really not a screen, it's a hologram. Just make the picture thing do the thing. Right. Hey, hey Captain. Oh, I fucking forgot about him. Off screen, off screen. Right, again, it's a hologram. Um, audio only. Hey, fuck you, Captain. Hey. Where the fuck are you? Hey, what? I'm captaining my ship. Oh, I forgot you have your own ship. Hey, fuck yeah. I hope you see me mooning the wave monitor. It's really like a hologram. I'm punching where your hologram face used to be. Hey, why? What's the problem, eh? Well, we ran into some Rancorians, and their selected ideology was, uh. They're into fucked up shit. That's right, Lieutenant Sight said. Fucked up shit. They are into fucked up shit. They be trying to fillet the slavs like the fishes. No idea what he just said. We're all fucked up, Dr. Schmogis. Hey, Look here, alien. I've got a lot of injured crew here, and you're the doctor. Hey, yeah, but it's not like you pay me. You're a fucking rich guy. Hey. Or whatever you fucking are. Hey, why does Dr. Schmogis hang around with us? Hey, that is a good question. We've asked that before. I vaguely remember that. Is this part of an outreach program that my species is doing to uh, help with tourism to our planets? And, uh... I'm pretty sure Dr. Schmogis has erased our memories. No, I'm fucking hey, certain of it at this point. You hey. fucking alien Hey, no, no, no. Hey. Also, I'm missing a whole container of clone goo. Hey. And one of my warlord templates. Hey. Just bring your four ass, have an ass back to my ship so he can fix up my crew. Hey, I can't really right now. I'm kind of busy. Okay, well, Lieutenant Gregerson's injured. Hey, okay. Well, I thought you and he were buddies. He's at least not a total cunt. Right, well, he's just hanging on to life currently. Hey. Now, Lieutenant Bambi, bring him up on the wave monitor so Dr. Schmogie can see him. Right, it's beyond bad. <laughs> what is it, Captain? I'm nothing, Lieutenant Gregerson. I just wanted Dr. Schmogie to see you dying there. You know, just... 
about to die. <coughs> okay. Hey, sorry you're dying. Hey. Oh, thanks, alien dude. <coughs> Whatever, take him off. Yes, Captain. Dr. Schmunky, just bring your fugliness back. Hey, I'll be back in a couple weeks, Captain. We're not taking a vacation. What are you talking about? Uh, Gunner Halifax and Book of Schmoggy will be running. No, don't say simultaneously. it. Simultaneously. No, we're going heavy sci-fi in November, eh? Uh, yes, Captain. Whatever. Are you nearby? Uh, what, why? Fire four-ton torpedoes at his stupid ship. Yeah, Captain, he's not in range. I don't even think he's nearby. Uh, uh, fuck you, Captain. Your son is on board. Wait, what? Uh, hi, Dad. Beep is Bordak and fuck Nars. Fire four-ton torpedoes. Fuck you. Book of Schmoggy. Hey, it's Dave here. Yeah, he's Dave. I'm Angus, and it's post-apocalyptic as fuck around here. And we're here to talk about Patreon. Yeah, maybe this podcast doesn't deserve money. Maybe it's one of those ones where you're like, no, I'll just listen to that one for free. Yeah, we don't resent you for that. We do that, too. Yeah, it takes a special act of faith to want to get involved with a podcast. Get the fuck down, Matthew Pernar. <laughs> Not shooting, Dave. I mean, there's lots of different kinds of podcasts. Yeah, like the Friday Just Ride podcast is three dudes talking. That's right. Hey, Jason Clayser, can I have that, please? Yeah. Is that how I pronounce your name? Call me JK, bro. All right, Jason JK, bro. Right now, Jason JK, bro, is part of the show. JK, watch out the bar. All right, Jason Clayser just shot the shit out of that zombie's yeah. face. Right. So like I was saying, there's lots of kinds of podcasts. But very few podcasts let you shoot zombies in the face for 100 bucks a month. Become a fat cat today at patreon.com forward slash that scat cast. Jason, yeah. Matthew, what? have you ever used a rocket launcher on a zombie before? No. Well, thanks for being fucking fat cats, boys. All right. The Scatcast Network. We're seriously whores for money. <laughs> well done, JK, bro. Well done, Matthew. Uh, and sit the fuck down and shut the fuck up. It's time for some motherfucking stories, motherfuckers. I mean, hi, Chitrins. Fucking none of this is your fucking fault. Narrator guy, just a little tired. Pretty sick of this Angus guy, that's for sure. And also pretty sick of you Chitrins' faces. This is called Black Sheep and the Raven. I'm going to fill in for Angus, actually. You're not that much better. Whatever. Once upon a time, there was this farm in, I don't know, fucking Idaho. And on his farm was like a, whatever, a herd of sheep. <laughs> I guess it's a flock. Whatever, it smells like sheep ass. But in the flock and or herd or gaggle, I don't fucking know. One day a little black sheep was born. <laughs> and the little black sheep was treated kind of poorly by the other sheep. <laughs> What's wrong with you? The biggest of the young sheep asked. Nothing, man. The black sheep responded. You're stupid. <laughs> Another of its sibling sheep said. <laughs> but as the baby sheep grew, they were taught the rules of the farm in many ways. The old horse taught them the value of hard work. So if you work really hard, they brush you. And that's yeah, good. Yeah, no thanks, they brush really hard. Yeah, they bitch hard. And they learned the pecking order from the pigs. Hey, can I have some food, too? Fuck off. Said one of the lowest pigs on the totem pole. Well, that's instructive, man. The black sheep said, and as he grew, there were more and more influences on the farm. His fellow sheep taught him most of the rules. Dude, you gotta eat this plant right here, bro. Right, thanks, man. And as the black sheep matured, he started to believe that the culture of the farm was not for him. It's not that I don't like the farm. He said to his closest friend, the squirrel, Uh-huh. It's just that I can see that the pasture's greener from right here. Look, it's Greener, man. He said, pointing his hoof at a beautiful grassy meadow just outside the fence. Oh, yeah, it's cool over there. Man. The little squirrel said, The farmer and the sheepdog and all my peers keep saying I won't survive outside this fence. Well, the black sheep said as the squirrel kind of just looked at him funny. Man. I'm going to go get the fuck out of here. And the squirrel got the fuck out of there. Meanwhile, the other sheep were really starting to not like black sheep. Uh, fuck that fucking sheep. Yeah, he's a traitor to the farm. Yeah. He's a danger to the greater good. Greater good. Greater good. <laughs> no, we're supposed to do it in unison like this. Greater good. There we go. Now we deserve love. And the other sheep plotted against the black sheep, but not because they were mean, but because black sheep had very contrarian viewpoints. He came across as both a dumb fucking idiot and also pompous and condescending. I just want to be left alone, man. He would say all the time and he'd talk about Bitcoin and fuck. 
Blockchain is the future, bitch. Anyway, he made himself very uneasy to like. Black sheep's a dick. Yeah. And then one day, black sheep met a raven. Do, 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 do. Oh, wow. What are you, man? Mm. Oh, hey. Yeah, I'm a raven. Do you mind telling me what's it like out there beyond the fence? What? You mean freedom? Freedom? No, you know, freedom. The thing that makes you your own whatever the fuck you are. I mean, I'm a sheep. All right, little fuzzy sheep. Man. Freedom is taking responsibility for how you act and how you cooperate with others without coercion. Uh-huh. It's a pursuit of happiness without harming others. Okay. And from that day on, the raven met with the little black sheep. Good morning, Mr. Raven. Black sheep said, Yeah, good morning, little fuzzy thing. You got the corn? Man, I got the corn. And the black sheep read books by George Borwell, Aldous Horsley, Ray Donkey Burrow, Ludwig von Maus, F.A. Hamster, Carl Sharks, and Frederick Anglers, and even Ein Ravenclaw. Man. And one day after reading all these things, the raven came to the black sheep and said, I've only got one lesson left for you. Man. Everything's just information. Man. All the ideologies are stupid as fuck. Not a single one of them could be right about everything, not one. Man. They're more than likely wrong about most things. Man. But they could be fundamentally wrong about the nature of all things. And the raven gave the sheep a final book. But all the pages are blank. He said to the raven, Oh shit, are you serious? I thought I brought you some mackerel bakunin or chicken minster fuller. And with that, the raven flew away. Now look me up if you ever get out. And the black sheep was sad, mainly because all the very different ideas that he had learned were basically things for animals to fight over. They're just information. Shut the fuck up, black sheep. Yeah, let's get it. And over the years, the black sheep felt less and less a part of the herd. And he often tried to escape, but the black sheep didn't necessarily want to leave the farm. He just wanted the freedom to come and go as he pleased. All I really want is to live in that meadow. And years went by and things got worse between the black sheep and his family. I can't take another Christmas with that fucking guy. <laughs> and more and more black sheep felt either he was being validated or completely fucking delusional. Consciousness is fucking confusing. And then one day the raven returned. Hey, black sheep, come here. Is that you, raven? And the raven asked for a favor. This evening I want you to help me open the gate. And the black sheep was puzzled. Why would he want this? Why do you want this? After all these years you never figured out how to free yourself so I thought I'd come help you. And the black sheep was a bit embarrassed. Have I failed some sort of task? Now meet me near the gate after everyone's gone to bed. And because the raven was the only one the black sheep ever really related to, he gladly met with the raven. Yeah, man, I'm ready to leave. Oh, good. I need you to lift that part with your head, and I'm going to pull this little pin thing, okay? This here? Yeah, on the count of three. One, two, three. And the bird and the little black sheep opened the gate. Excuse me. Yeah, excuse me. Two wolves said as they walked right through the gate and into the farm and slaughtered all the animals in the farm oh, and shit. then also killed the black sheep because fuck everyone, that's why. You're important, but you're a tiny little fucking thing on a rock riding around the fucking sun in the vacuum of space with a whole bunch of other fucking fiery things. You think you're going to get justice in this world? Good fucking luck. A supernova just exploded for fuck's sake. Oh, galaxies are going extinct as we speak. You okay, man? Are we the only little ball in space that's up each other's asses over ideas? Who the fuck wrote this episode? Okay. Uh, pretty sure that wasn't Brothers Grimm or Hans Christian Andersen. And again... Not sure what the point of any of that was at all. Kinda seems like a free flow consciousness from a crazy person. Enjoy your week, chitrins. Well, that's all the skit-scattered shit-chat we got for you today, Chitrins. Oh, thank you. We hope you enjoyed our Nurse Fairy Rhymes Saw One special. Yep, I did not. I also pretty much had a piss-poor time. Narrator guy out. Here's Zach with the weather. So that's episode 43. I hope you liked it as much as I enjoyed Zachtober that you guys did in that their internet world. I'm so glad it's over. I can't thank all of you guys enough. That video that Don put together with all of you guys saying the nice things. I'm so thankful to be part of your lives. The trusted turd triad, Don, Chris... 
Bodie. They know I love them, but holy fuck, what a month. Also, Alan in the garbage disposal. What up, dude? Also, all of you in the Trusted Turd Council and the Godhead. You're ridiculous. I might be ridiculous, but I came from one of the best communities in all of podcasting with Time Suck, and this is one of the best communities in podcasting right here, Ugh. right now. I think it kind of sucks. God damn it, Steve. I'm just saying. All right, massive, massive thanks to my wife for holy fuck, what a week we've had. You're a weirdo. Might have stretched it a little thin this week. You suck. Massive gratitude to Mrs. Scriptkeeper And all the rest of the things, info at scatcast.com, blah, blah, blah. Don't blah, blah, blah me. Oh, yeah, thanks to Steve. Thanks to Tim, the intern who sucks. And we'll talk at you in the future. It'll seem like the present. Sleep, sleep, little baby. Sleep, little baby, you sleep. Scatcast is here to harvest your fears and show you the horrors of life. It's Scott Kessner's Fairy Rhymes. Right, well, it was. Yeah, it's not anymore. It's over now. Yeah, so like, bing, bing bong. bong. Did you say hubbubbub? Yeah, hubbubbub.